Welcome to the Perfume Room. The year is now 2022. I can't believe that this podcast has existed for almost a full year. You better believe that if things with Omicron are better in New York come April, there will be a live one-year anniversary show. If you live in the greater New York City area, start isolating now, and I will see you in four months. Because it's a new year, I put together some New Year's resolutions, and they are all fragrance-related, so I'll share a few of them. The first, which benefits all of you, is to continue to get rid of full bottles that I don't reach for regularly. These perfumes are all great and they deserve great homes. And if they are not with me, then they deserve to be with you. So stay tuned because there are going to be lots of giveaways coming in the very near future. Second, I need to make money, honey. Uh, Yeah, I love this podcast. I do it for hours every week. Unfortunately, it does not bring me a dollar, which is why. If you do buy anything with my affiliate links, if you do a a scent consultation with me, you are supporting the podcast because it is currently the only way that I am able to make money from it at this point in time. I want to continue to hone my nose and get even more olfactive training. I want to continue to explore niche and indie houses and give you guys recommendations that you might otherwise not have heard of. And I want to continue to feature diverse voices and perspectives, both in and outside of the fragrance industry. And with that said, I always love your guys' recommendations. So many of my favorite episodes and so many of the incredible guests that we had in 2021 were people that you suggested for the podcast. And for that, I thank you. And another thing I really want to do in 2022, especially because so many of you guys have requested it, is partner with a company to make my own curated sampler kit of maybe my top 10 fragrances. Interestingly enough, today's guest is the CEO of Euro Perfumes. So perhaps if, mm, I don't know, anyone at Euro Perfumes or Twisted Lily is listening and interested, you just let me know. My scent of the day today is a combination I die for. I am wearing Atelier Iris Rebel, layered with commodity Oris. I know you guys are sick of hearing me talk about Oris, but don't be because I talk about it at nauseum for an entire hour in the episode you're about to hear. So brace yourselves. But Iris Rebel, I'm wearing it right now. It is so gorgeous. It's green and floral and just a little bit spicy, but it still has that chalky, stately, musty, sort of dusty iris quality that I love. And this is just like a breath of fresh air. If you like scents like Glossier U, if you like those sort of like refreshing skin scents, but you want to just step out of the box a little bit, definitely try Iris Rebel. And of course in theme with the episode and what I've been talking about nonstop, I did layer it with a spray of Commodity Oris, which today is giving me like grape candy vibes. I don't know if anyone has ever felt that about Commodity Oris. Let me know. But it just adds this like perfect hint of sweetness and the combo together is just perfection. And my Commodity Oris wearing was made possible by the refounder of Commodity Fragrances, Vikan Arslanian, who, drumroll please... Wyatt, can we add a drum roll here? 
is today's guest on the pod. That is right. Every time I post any content about commodity, I inevitably get comments being like, the brand shut down, the brand is closed. If you don't know, they are back, baby. They are better than ever. They have been refounded by the CEO and founder of Euro Perfumes, Vikan Arslanian. And in this episode, we discuss why he went for commodity, how the opportunity came about, and what the vision behind their new, very successful scent space exploration kits was. Vikan gets candid about his favorites and not-so-favorites in the line, how they picked which archive scents got the axe, and Vikan reveals some scents that we can expect from commodity in the future. Hint, one is a flower that rhymes with nose. Most importantly, Vicken makes me a lifetime promise to which I need you all to bear witness. Here is Vicken. Vicken, welcome to the perfume room. It is such a pleasure to have you on today. Emma, thank you for having me. I've actually been looking forward to this. We were talking about this before we started recording, but since everyone who's listening to this does know it by now, I need to thank you publicly for that bottle of Oris. Everybody knows who listens to this podcast what that perfume meant to me and how much I love Oris fragrances. And it really was the best. Well, I'm glad I found it for you. I, you should savor it because, you know, I think it's the last one. For now, it's not coming back. Wow. We'll get into that later. <laughs> this is, um, is going to be an emotional episode. I'm going to just prepare. But first, I always like to open with what scent are you currently wearing? Oh, you can't, you can't ask me that question. So I'm in fragrances all day long and I'm, I'm testing new things. And so rarely am I coming to the office wearing something, you know, from home. So I'm usually right. testing something. Right now, I'm retesting our paper fragrance because it's one of the most kind of unique trilogy that we have, paper, mm -hmm. paper minus, paper plus. Mm -hmm. So we're just playing around with, you know, the longevity and and how it how it goes into scent space. Paper is one of my favorite trios in the collection. So I'm, I'm still, still on that. Interesting. Okay. So when speaking about it, should I be saying minus and plus? Cause I've been saying personal and expressive and yeah, no, honestly, first of all, I'm, I'm so impressed how everyone actually is reading. You know how we're kind of in a shortcut society, right? Fastest picture, mm -hmm. fastest imagery, right? The whole plus and minus thing, because my brain is just like in fragmented. It was really from me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you should be saying personal and bold and expressive. So I'm very happy mm -hmm. about that, but minus and plus is cool too. Cool. I mean, there is something a little bit weird about like saying personal milk. Right. So with milk, I just, uh, <laughs> I think I've been saying milk minus. It just feels, I, I feel weird being like love personal milk. Um, I, I have no problem with it. Okay, great. I'm glad we, we cleared the air there. Yeah. Um, would you say that, I mean, I know that this is another loaded question, but would you say that outside of work, you have a signature scent? Uh, I wouldn't say signature. Honestly, I'm a cologne guy. I really am. I love colognes. And, mm -hmm. and so his, just to tell everybody, historically, a cologne is a kind of fragrance. Although today mm -hmm. people say like, what cologne are you wearing? But so cologne right. is basically a citrus. It comes from a, uh, you know, a geographic location. So I'm a citrus guy when it comes mm -hmm. to every day and um, a kind of um, a whiskey alcoholic uh, type sense, animalic sense at night, a uh, much mm -hmm. stronger sense. But if I have to just choose one, like I never get to wear anything else in my life, it'd be a cologne. I love it. I know it sounds very boring, but that's what I love. No, I think it's a good fresh scent. I mean, yep. like 
something like Guerlain Vetiver, give me that yeah, every single yeah. day. I yeah, love I yeah. love a good freshie. Yeah. Do you have any fragrance hot takes, controversial opinions? Of on what? Like in fragrance world, generally speaking? This could mean whatever it means to you, just something that a lot of people might not agree with you on. Wow. Are you crazy for asking me that question? Um, yeah. yeah. Everybody will, will not agree with anything I agree with. <laughs> 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 uh, no. Look, I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I don't agree with. I don't agree with accepting anything just because it's traditionally accepted, right? So mm -hmm. when we changed our designations from eau de toilette or eau de parfum to personal, mm -hmm. bold, and expressive, mm -hmm. it's because I have respect for tradition. I'm a traditional guy. I'm Armenian, mm -hmm. right? So, but eau de toilette and eau de parfum and parfum were concentrations, right? They were about mm -hmm. how much oil is in the bottle, right? So it's, it's alcohol mostly, and then oil, water, and some other things. So typically, let's say an eau de toilette is, let's say, 10 to 15%, and an eau de parfum is 15 to 20%. But all that's been thrown out the window over the last years because it's not, you know, it's kind of not a science, more of an art a little bit. And some brands put more, some brands put less. And, and on top of that, they're kind of French words, and we're an American company. Mm -hmm. And so people don't really know, like the word cologne. Some people say cologne as hey, what kind of cologne are you wearing? Or right. cologne is a concentration. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to accept that whole thing. And I said, let's redo that, right? Mm -hmm. Or for example, what's the top, middle, and bottom notes? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go to a perfume lab, it's not like a, what do they call those cakes? Milfoy, thousand layer cake. Like they're not, yeah. like I'm going to put this first and then that. They're not making a cake, right? right? right. They're making something. So there is no top, middle, bottom actually. And so we redesignated that as, you know, first, next, and, and finally. So what do you first smell is this, then you smell that, and finally you smell that. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter how the perfumer really created it. It's how you're experiencing it. So, right. so I don't know, maybe people will agree or they won't agree. I just don't want to stick to tradition because it's tradition, and I don't want to break tradition just right. for the sake of breaking it. Well, that sounds like a great middle ground because it is the tradition of what people know about perfumery, but you're putting it colloquially for people who aren't necessarily in the fragrance world a middle note, a heart note doesn't necessarily resonate with someone. But if you say like, this is what you'll smell 15 minutes into the fragrance, that means right. a lot more to them. So I, I appreciate that. And I have been a big fan of commodity. I've been talking about <laughs> it on TikTok since I started doing perfume reviews on TikTok. So yeah, when, when you guys rebranded, it was big news for me. There's definitely a few fragrances I'm, I'm missing, which we'll get to. But you're, I saw that your background, because as you, as I mm -hmm. mentioned I am an internet sleuth. You started in architecture. Mm -hmm. How did you get into fragrance and when and why was that pivot? Right. So it's a fairly long story, but I'll, I'll do it in 20 seconds. So Great. it's in the, in the family. So my father was a chemist and he went into the perfume business 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I was born into it, going to his warehouse and, mm -hmm. you know, working in, in the Middle East, uh, in the warehouse and, and, and whatever I'm doing now, I was doing as like an eight-year-old, right? So- mm -hmm. So, and then I went into architecture. I love architecture. Mm -hmm. And I, I uh, went to school in the city, met my wife in school, graduated, worked for a year. My first day, I remember, I won't say who, who it was for, I wanted to jump out the window. Okay. I remember, I'm like, holy, you know, mm -hmm. I just spent five years and I'm sitting here doing this and I love it. I still love it, right? Yeah. And then I left a year into it and I went into the family, let's call it the family business, but alone. Like, yeah. I didn't go with my father. I did it myself. I created my own brand, not knowing anything. I was 24 years old, totally clueless, right? And I just was like, hey, Nordstrom, here's a sample of a thing that I made. And they're like, we love it. And they launched it. 
it did amazing. And I lost 1.5, can you say it with me? Million dollars. What? <laughs> what is right? So guess what? I stopped doing that and um, I started to rebuild. I had to represent brands. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to make anything. I'm okay. just going to buy stuff that's already made. Okay. But to be honest, I loved this niche world. So what was right. it? I had made a product, which was my product. I mean, I was a nobody, right? But I had this idea of I want to make this cool item, which I made. I, I sold it at more expenses than everybody, everybody else. I sold it into Nordstrom limited distribution, which is kind of what niche brands are, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of without knowing it, that's what I was doing, but 22 years ago. So 15 years ago, I said, you know what, let me, let me start again. And I met this guy named Romano Ricci and he had this fragrance called Juliet has a gun. And I'm like, you know, I have this idea that I want to sell perfumes, cool perfumes, unusual perfumes, Mm -hmm. not in department stores. Like I don't want to compete with Gucci and all those people, Dolce Gabbana, Estee Lauder. I want to do something different. And, you know, he called me immediately. He's like, that's so cool. I want to do that too. And so that was our first brand representing brands. And then, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Now we have 20 brands and that's how I got into it. Wow. And so what was the very first perfume you created? Oh, geez. So it was called Fleurage. Okay. So unflourage is a a method of extracting uh, oil from a flower. Mm-hmm. So we took out the un and just called it Florage. And it was this beautiful floral bottle with a stem inside. We won awards. We did all these things. And say it with me again. I lost one point point five million, million dollars. There you go. Wow. So yeah, it was a big learning experience. And honestly, I would do the whole thing exactly the same again. Can you still find bottles of that on the internet if you're scoping it out? No, it's, it's you can, totally- I mean, you can see the pictures of it. There's no bottles. Yeah. Wow. No. So how did you go from... Euro perfumes to like, how did this opportunity for commodity come about? And what was it like taking that on as well? Yeah. So, you know, let me jump into the docuseries. So we filmed the docuseries or we're Mm -hmm. filming a docuseries. Mm -hmm. If you look at video one or London calling kind of the second video, you'll see a picture of our office and you'll see that my wife designed this wall of bottles and that bottle is our first bottle that I lost $1.5 million on. And so it's a reminder, right? So I walk into the office and I see this. It's like, you know, people kiss the foot of a whatever before they go out into a football game or the Buddhas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like rub the head or whatever it is, right? Yeah. So same kind of thing. I walk by, I'm like, never do that again. Never do that again. All the time I walk by that wall, I'm like, never do that again. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to do that again. But I had followed Commodity when they launched in Sephora because, you know, it's a small world and we're, mm-hmm. in, we're in the same stores and... It's really a tiny industry, believe it or not, for such a big industry. Um, And I really liked it. And I reached out to them at one point being like, hey, do you want to collaborate? I don't know what. I just kind of reached out to them on LinkedIn and, of course, didn't get a reply back. So I was on the beach in August of last year and, I don't know, sitting, doing whatever. And I get an email saying, look, you know, we represent X, Y, and Z company and the commodity closed. And are you interested in buying it? And I just replied back immediately, like I'm on the beach, but yes. <laughs> and <laughs> it was literally like four or five weeks later, we owned it essentially. Um, wow. And I don't know, it just was, you know, when something feels right, you just do it. What was the biggest thing that you felt commodity had done right? And what was the thing that you were like, we got to change this? So you know what it is? We represent really niche brands and these Mm -hmm. niche brands have amazing fragrances. So what happens when someone comes to work for us, 
I don't actually really, I rarely hire people from our industry. Mm-hmm. And because I don't want that kind of historic thought process or baggage that comes with it. Mm-hmm. But I always ask them, I'm like, what do you wear? And they'll say, oh, I wear Estee Lauder, I'll wear Lolita Olympica, or I will mm-hmm. Ariana Grande, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't know anything about the niche, the niche artisanal fragrance world. A month into working here, or two months into working here, we allow our employees to buy whatever they want, you know, mm-hmm. at like cost, like friends and family rate. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll see like a first order, like Emma will be like, oh, can I buy a bottle of Floricu or a bottle of Zerjoff or whatever? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, here it goes, right? Mm-hmm. So here, she's mm-hmm. becoming a fragrance snob, right? Right. So in like a month or two, they become fragrance snobs. Right. And then they never convert back. Like they can't even walk by a perfume counter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, 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 no. We wear these kind of fragrances, right? Right, right. So we were kind of responsible for one of the people that were responsible for showing or exposing or introducing these other kinds of fragrances to people in America, right? Mm-hmm. To our to our customers. But they're also very expensive and they're very hard to reach and they're very limited distribution. What I liked about commodity was that First of all, it was simple. You don't have to really hear a story. Whether there is a story or not, didn't matter. It's like a round bottle, cool label. It's called book, rain, gold. It's easy to understand. Right. And then they smelled different. They smelled great. And they were priced really well. So Mm -hmm. they were kind of taking what we did for 15 years and just made it more accessible and just much easier to understand. And I really like that about them. And what was the thing that you were like, this is, well, I mean, I feel like scent space might be the answer to that, not to jump ahead, but what, what was the thing that you were like, this is why it didn't work out. And this is what will, will change going forward. You know, to be honest, there wasn't a tremendous amount that didn't work out. Honestly, the company was great. It was, you know, certain companies, this is now a business thing and not a perfume thing, but most companies, if you just stick through it past X number of years and that mm-hmm. changes. It could be three years. It could be, it could be seven years, whatever it is, they'll make it. Like they'll, you just have to kind of hang in there. It's like, hold, hold, hold. Like don't, right. don't give up. Right. They just literally, I think they gave up a couple of months too early. That's all it was. So there wasn't much, of course there was small things. Like if you ask me in detail, why was there a black collection and a white collection and a platinum collection when it's supposed to be unisex? So mm-hmm. While you were saying it's unisex, the white ones are more feminine, Feminine, the black ones are more, yeah, you know, there's like a little bit of inconsistencies, but there's nothing major. Um, It's not like I want to to change it uh, for the sake of changing it. The reality is that when we got it, they were going through with packaging change. So we inherited this brand that we had no inventory of the existing stuff. Mm -hmm. And they had started making new bottles, new caps. I'm like, all right, well, I got to kind of see that through at this point. And so it, it was a bit more of a practical reason why we started to redo it. But mm-hmm. then, of course, we're very happy we did. Now I have a new bottle in front of me, and I have an and is. I have an old bottle in front of me, and mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a nice homage to the original with a with a nice update. And I like the coloring too. Like I like that you can't see the color of the juice in this one. I I think it's very sleek. I'm. Thank very you. into it. Well, I liked the way you said homage because that's what we tried to do. Like, what do you yeah. want? We wanted to have a history come with it. Yeah, it definitely feels like commodity. It doesn't feel like a like it's an entire something entirely new, but at the same time, there are a lot of new changes. One thing I wanted to ask about with scent space is were there any, you know, there were some fragrances in the old collection that were a little repetitive. Did you rebrand any like for example, to my nose, I I know the smell of the old gin and I thought that the Moss Minus 
had a very similar essence to it. Were, was there anything like that where you were like, oh, you know, this is similar enough that we can sort of reposition it? Not really. I mean, the re- the question is, why did Jin not make it or Moss made it? Yeah. But that's part of the reason, right? So you have two kind of, let's call them, ma- to be very simple, masculine fragrances. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it was just like, we weren't sure. By the way, just so you know, there's a ton of anxiety with what to bring and what not to bring. Yeah. It's not like, you know, I, there's no book behind me, like, let me open the book and see what the playbook is for re- relaunching a brand. Yeah. You know, we were thinking about bringing back Bergamot with a different name mm-hmm. because it's just way too long. You know, I can't say that. But no, we didn't really do that. Okay. We didn't take it and reformulate. No. Interesting. I know what you're going to ask me next. What am I going to ask you next? You're going to be like, wow, what did you, how did you decide how to cut and what to cut? Go ahead. Go well, ahead. how did you decide what and how to cut? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Here's the, here's the reality. Are you ready for this, Emma? I'm ready. This is not a democracy. Okay. That's the answer. Not a democracy. Okay. So what does that mean? That means that I just personally don't like those, <laughs> those fragrances. Okay. I okay. appreciate the no. honesty. <laughs> Look, rain honestly kills me because it actually, so we still have it. You know, it's in the archive collection. Mm-hmm. It didn't make it to the Sense Space collection mm-hmm. for two reasons. One, I just don't love it. I don't have to love everything. I, I don't have to love it. I do, do agree, agree with you. I'm not crazy on okay, I'm not crazy about rain. Fine. Good. Okay. Some people are. Okay. okay? I know. There's like, there's Emma's. For Oris, for rain. I totally know it. So I'm like, I, I don't love it. That's like 70% of it. Mm-hmm. And 30% of it is I can't make it into a sense space, I don't think. I can't okay. go minus and plus as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you what the reality is. Look, honestly speaking, a bergamot, a vetiver, a rain. There's a lot of these in the market. There's a lot of bergamots, a lot of mm-hmm. vetivers, right? Mm-hmm. I, I want something with more distinction. Milk. Are there other gourmands and lack, you know, notes like this? Of course yeah. there are, but this has a distinct fragrance. When someone puts it on, you're like, what, what did you spray? You know, like, what was that, right? Yeah. So gold, book, velvet, these have very distinct, whether you like it or not, have distinct characteristics. For sure. And, you know, if we can be distinct in life, why, you know, why blend in? I agree. Oris, okay. though. I just, I don't like Oris myself. That's it. I'm sure it smells good on you. I just, I'm sure it smells good on you. Okay. And here's what I promise for you, Emma. Are okay. you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. Whenever you want ours, we'll get a lab sample made from Roberte and they'll give it to you. Okay? So Is everybody hearing this right now? What? Worry not. We'll take care of you. Oh, Vicken, I this feels like the VIP treatment I don't deserve. That's amazing. No, you know, I, I think that I just have a, a personal connection to Oris fragrances and I've smelled, I have like 30 in my collection and I honestly just thought that the commodity version of it was like best in class. Um, but I also, I agree with all the other ones that you chose to bring back. Like if I had to think about which other scents really resonated with me, it was book and moss and velvet. I, I've never been crazy about gold. That's just like a a personal, I'm not a huge um, vanilla fan if vanilla is the most dominant note in it, Mm -hmm. but in velvet, it just like is everything I love about a vanilla fragrance, which is, you know, it's a little bit more like nutty and smoky in in velvet. The amber does that. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you come up with the idea of scent space and what was that process of actually developing each fragrance? Hold on a second, though. We have to turn the psychiatry couch around a little bit. I'm, okay. Before we get to there, okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, do it. So is there some, like, childhood memory of Oris? What's going on there? Like, yeah. what's causing the Oris fascination? Yeah, let's unpack that. <laughs> so I think Oris, it's, I, 
I really like something chalky. I like something waxy. I really enjoy it. The smell of like my grandmother's lipsticks growing up when lipsticks oh. really were scented, like that sort of like iris aura smell with a little bit of violet. Like there's something in there that's really nostalgic for me. And I think the first time I smelled Oris in a fragrance, what I really enjoyed about it was that nostalgia, but also that it has a hint of sweetness, but it's still pretty earthy. And mm -hmm. it's not like you're getting like a berry flavor or a vanilla flavor, but there's still something sweet in there that just feels a little bit more mellow. And I, I love it. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of memories. It absolutely is a lot of memories. I also, I watched your Chopping Block episode. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes I'll post videos and I will offend someone with their favorite fragrance and they come for me in the comments and they take it so personally, like I've just like called their child ugly. And right. I felt that in my gut when I watched that Chopping Block video. Like, I forget what it was. I think it was, I think it was Nectar. You all smelled it and you were all just like, ew, ew, ew. And I was like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I love nectar. I think that's a great citrus, fresh mm. fragrance. I've recommended it to people who like fresh fragrances. I think it like, it's equivalent to me to like the way that like Atelier does citruses, but like a little bit better mm. in my opinion. And you guys all, just the three of you were like, no, bye. And I was just like, <laughs> okay. Oh, we got so much hate on that video. It really? was so funny. Wow. Oh my God. You have no idea. It's one of our best performing videos because mm -hmm. of, you know, the reactions we got from people like, are you out of your mind? You guys are snobs and yeah. so on and so forth. Leather was another one. Oh, leather's a great one. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, don't know. I feel bad. And Rodrigo is like the super talented perfumer. So I'm glad that we unpacked your history of Oris and Iris. It's one of the most expensive ingredients in the world, just so you know. Oh, I do and know. So I'm glad we had this breakthrough for you, Emma. Me too. I feel like okay. we're really working okay. through something here. Yes, we are. As you may remember, in the episode two weeks ago for the perfume juice, I did a live first impressions of a package I had just received from a Myanmar-based brand called Gabar, where I smelled the three scents that they sent me. And I have to say, since then, one of those scents has clearly risen to the top. All three are nice, but two of them don't feel like ones that are like my personal taste. Let's talk about the one that is, and that is number two, Ground. In that live review, I described it as smelling like a mix of BDK Gris Charnel, Diptyque Velocicos, and Mask Milano Lost Alice. And tell me, does it get any better than that? It is this trifecta of orris, fig, and sandalwood, and I love it. And there's also something sort of green and spicy about it. I'm wearing it right now, and it is just... It is so beautiful. It is totally full bottle worthy. The orris note in it makes it sort of cashmeric and cozy and a little bit lactonic. And then the sandalwood gives it some more creaminess, but also a sort of woody spice. And the fig just gives it that freshness and that green feeling that just makes it feel really easy and pleasant to wear. If you like the scents or the notes that I am describing and you can get your hands on ground, you will love it. Back to Vicken. So how did Sense Base happen? So, you know, I grew up in the Middle East a little bit, mm -hmm. then I traveled the world and blah, 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 blah. We're in the business. So what's interesting about perfume is that when you talk to industry people, they're like, you know, 
for example, they stereotype people. They stereotype people by country, by region, and so on. Like, well, people in the Middle East, they want super strong fragrances with big projections, and it's got to be strong. It's got to be oud. It's got to be amber. And then Asia, they want light. They want this. They want floral, blah, blah, Pink, you know, they really, it's, it's, the, it's a disservice to do that. You shouldn't do that, right? Mm -hmm. Americans only like this. And it doesn't really make any sense. What was interesting was this problem that some people have, which is I like this fragrance, but it's too strong for me mm -hmm. or it's too light for me. Mm -hmm. So up till now, not that we're, you know, there was no other options before us, but basically if you like a particular fragrance and you wanted it lighter, you had no choice. The only thing you can do is spray a little bit less right. on. Or if you want it to be stronger, you just spray a little bit more right. on. You can try mixing it with something else. So there was this kind of thing where, okay, there are people who want gold and they want an overdose of mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. And there's other people like my wife who's behind this wall who's not at all an introvert, but she's an introvert fragrance-wise. Like mm -hmm. she just doesn't want fragrance to go past her shoulders. Right. Like that's what she wants. She wants to smell it. She doesn't want you to smell it. Right. Right. So we actually first were going to categorize the, all the fragrances into groups. We're like, okay, rain and magnolia and so on could be themselves the personal collection. Mm -hmm. It wasn't called personal. We just called it whatever, code name light. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, book, you know, book this, that will be in the middle and then velvet, leather, your beloved Oris, whatever would be in the bowl, mm -hmm. let's say, right? So there was this all of a sudden this idea of splitting. And then that came to like, wait a second, what if we had the same thing in three categories? And that's how it all, all evolved. And what we realized was that it wasn't really about how long you want a fragrance to last on your skin. Mm -hmm. For the ones that were, let's call them introverts, mm -hmm. they want to smell it all day. Right. They just don't want everybody else to smell it all day. Right, right. Right, around them in the office or whatever. And so that's how it started. We're like, what if we took this one fragrance and we gave you three personalities of it, mm -hmm. right? The, the regular, the introvert, and extrovert. And look, we all, we all want to, kind of, you know, we all feel sometimes comfortable wearing a mask, masquerade and being something else. So it's nice sometimes being, wearing the light fragrance, sometimes wearing the stronger fragrances. And that's how it started. And it's been incredible. Honestly, it's been really, really, really incredible. I love the idea of make, of kind of like finding scent your way. And I feel like it really, you know, in I've been recommending this, this discovery kit to a lot of people as gifts, as something to explore because I feel like there aren't that many ways to personalize fragrance. And so the whole idea of this is sort of like, it almost feels like some weird like uh, DNA thing, like what's your code or like whatever. Uh, so what are you wearing personally? In in general, I love velvet as a fragrance. Me too. From the collection. Uh, me too. Love velvet. I love paper plus. Mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. do. I, I actually, for me, not strong enough. Like I got to go back to the drawing okay. board. Because I love it so much that I want more of mm -hmm. it, right? I love gold, not for me. Moss is a great men's fragrance, but again, it's not different enough for me personally. I, I want something a little bit more with a punch. Mm -hmm. So I like Velvet and I like Paper Plus. These are my two favorites. Velvet and Paper Plus. Is there one that's really popular in the office right now that everyone's raving about? Or is it kind of spread out? What's super interesting is this Moss situation. Okay. So, you know, like the only traditionally masculine fragrance in the, in the collection right now, in the, in the sense-based collection, is moss. Everything else is unisex, more or less, mm -hmm. right? Or, or feminine, let's, mm -hmm. let's say. Our sales team is all women, mm -hmm. and they're all into Moss Plus. I love like, Moss Plus. Yeah, it's great. See? I 
feel like this whole collection, it feels pretty unisex to me. I hear what you're saying about some leaning more masculine and some leaning more feminine, but I personally wear moss as well. Like I said, velvet is, I don't know, it's a rose and, and you know, nuts and rose right. and, and almond. Right. And so you would say it's traditionally a feminine fragrance, but I don't care. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. There's no such thing, honestly, right. really. I agree. So what can we look forward to for the next scent space? What are you pulling out of the archives in the future? Or is this not divulgeable yet? Well, those are two different questions, Emma. Okay. Two different questions. Okay. All right. So let's go to the second one first. What What's coming out of the archive and into sense space is not up to me. It's up to you, the general you. I thought Definitely this you, wasn't Emma. a democracy. It's well, we're going to listen. Doesn't mean we, it doesn't mean we have to actually do it. <laughs> well, come on. I, I'm, it is kind of democracy. Okay. Okay. It is okay. Kind of democracy. Oris. Let's, let's be nice. Oris. It's just not a democracy when it comes to Oris and you. Let's put it to that way. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on our site, when you go to the archive section, mm -hmm. there's a little button that says vote for your best, you know, what you want next. Okay. So obviously we're looking at sales. Okay. You know, let's be a little commercial, whatever sells the most and whatever people vote for most. They should be the same probably. As you know, it's rain right now in the lead. Okay. What do I want to see? So there's this fragrance there that I can't say the name of it starts with the world word letter w okay and ends with y okay starts with w ends can with you y. drink it it's drink yeah you can drink okay. it mm -hmm. okay it rhymes with wispy like a like a wispy yeah i don't know flower okay, okay. um so <laughs> that's a really good that's a really good fragrance that i'd love yeah. to see in sense yeah. space so so it's kind of a democracy we'll see what people vote for and hey if it's oris We'll make an iris that I like. Okay. Right? Okay. There it everyone's, is. There it everyone's is. heard it. I'm, everyone so rigged the, the system. Table. Please go vote for Oris. If you're listening, pause this podcast. Go cast your vote. No, I'm just kidding. There it is. See, it's, we're going we're gonna to turn the tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in case people don't know already, um, I don't love florals. Okay. Uh, but I think a rose for me is not a floral. Okay. That's my, that's my official position. Okay. It's like by itself. I agree. So we're exploring rose. Great. That is a very that, fun one to picture having a scent space because it has such a range. It could go so wide, exactly, in terms of how you interpret it. That's all I can really say because I don't really know. I mean, you know, we're playing around. That's very exciting. That's the idea. And how involved are you? Obviously, I know about Commodity TV. I've been watching it and enjoying it. How involved are you with what's going on on social media and what's being said about Commodity Oh, I'm, I'm all over it. Yeah. Um, you know, I really believe in, <laughs> you're going to laugh. I really believe in listening to everybody. Um, let's go back in time. It started on Kickstarter as one of the first try at home fragrances. It was truly one of the first digital brands, digitally native brands. And so at the moment, we're kind of keeping it like that. We're not in any retail stores. Not that we're not going to be. We're just not right now. Right. And what's beautiful about that is we get to hear from everyone directly. How? Social media, social media, emails, DMs, the whole thing, the whole nine yards. And what's great is that we're launching in UK, we're launching in Europe, we're launching in Australia, direct, you know, on our websites over there. Uh, so I'm involved all the time, personally replying, personally talking, because I, you know, I really, really enjoy that process. I really do. So if anyone sees like commodity comment on their video, is it ever you? It's like half me. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You'll see. Somebody asked the other day, what's my wife wearing? And I started, well, I don't know, all these kind of questions. I love doing it. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. You mentioned in one of the Commodity TV episodes that there is a QVC story. <laughs> Can we hear the QVC story? <laughs> QVC story. So remember, how much did I lose 20 years ago? One. 1.5 million. dollars. Okay. So, um, you know, I was doing everything I can to sell the brand, you know, to sell, mm -hmm. sell, sell. And so I called QVC because our product, if you Google it, uh, called Florage, was this beautiful flower bottle, right? They actually called me. They're like, you know, perfume is so hard to sell on TV, but your bottle is so beautiful. Maybe you can come on and do it, right? So I'm, what, 22 years old? And I'm like, all right, I'll try. And they were incredible. Like QVC was a machine. Like they mm -hmm. courted you, they come out to the parking lot and get you and they train you. And oh, it was like, you know, Cinderella at the ball. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt, okay. right? So, so they teach you how to sell, fascinating. And so I go on stage, I have my ear things in, I have makeup, she's sitting next to me, the hostess, 10,000 cameras. And so I had eight minutes, right? In eight minutes, I'm supposed to sell like a thousand bottles in eight minutes, right? So I start talking and I'm holding up the bottle and like, it's a, it's a bouquet and it's this, and it's like this amazing concoction and yada, yada, yada. Like three, four minutes into it, you hear, the, you know, when you, when like in a stadium, when they turn the lights on or off, you hear it. Like, it's like, boom, yes. like there's a sound to lights going on and off. Yes. So imagine you're sitting there and all of a sudden you hear like, dong, and it's like black, there's nothing. And so I turned to my, the host is next to me and, and I'm, I'm like, what happened? And she's talking, but she's not talking to me. She's talking to her producer in her ear about like, okay, we're onto the sheets now, we're on the beds. And, and my whole stage spun around. And basically it didn't sell. It was like four minutes into it. Wow. You know, I sold 400 bottles in four minutes. That's amazing. Well, that's what I thought, 22 year old, nobody, right? So anyway, nothing, they were amazing. They were fantastic. And that was it. And then, and then I had to walk back to my car alone. You know, like wow. they were yeah. it was so... They courted me on the way in. It didn't work. Lights out. Right. And you're out, you know? Right. So a quick follow-up to that, 10 more seconds, is that I realized that selling perfume on TV is difficult because especially if you describe it the way I tried, which was it's a bouquet, it's like this. And a bouquet means nothing. Like, how do you, it's, I'm not really saying anything. Right. The word's beautiful, magnificent, great. They mean nothing on TV or on radio mm -hmm. or on, on digital, right? So years later, I got invited to another network called Shop NBC, and it was much, much smaller. And this time, I was like, this is vanilla. When you put it on, you're going to smell like this. It was, I kept it so simple, right. and it did great, really did great. And then that's why, fast forward to now, with this lover, hater, maker video. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I was really trying to explore, you know, how, how do we sell fragrance, mm -hmm. you know, on TV or on, on the internet or, you know, by voice only without smelling it. And so it's still an exploration. Right. Honestly, you, what you mentioned, by the way, about lipstick and Oris and the dryness of mm -hmm. it, those are really good ways of explaining it, but it's hard to do that for a lot of fragrances. Right. I mean, I think that there's so much that if you, if you step outside the fragrance world, you realize that listing notes or adjectives, like you said, don't resonate with people who've never smelled those notes or don't have that reference point. So, you know, I, like I make a point in my videos or what I post trying to describe things as smells that you would actually know or feelings that like you, like 
this feels like a cozy sweater when you're in front of the fireplace and you're drinking a warm bourbon or whatever. Like that's how I would speak about velvet, you know, versus like listing off what notes are are right. in it. It's got blackberry, blueberry, this, right, that, the other right. thing. Right. Well, you were talking about lover, hater, maker. I want to focus on the maker. Commodity has some great perfumers behind the line. What is the process of that? Did you keep the same perfumers from the original commodity? And just tell me about that. Yeah. So working, you know, perfumers are amazing, amazing, amazing people. They're artists, really they're artists. They need to kind of translate your words into a fragrance or your desires into a fragrance. So yes. So for the way it works with fragrance and from a practical point of view is that there are fragrance companies like fragrance houses Mm -hmm that make the oils that go into fragrances or chocolate or Snapple or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're flavor companies, right? So you go to them and they have these star perfumers. And if you're lucky enough, you know, for them to work with you, the perfumer develops a fragrance for you. Um, And so, yes, when we bought commodity, all those, you know, Jerome and Donna and all of them kind of come with it. Essentially the fragrance house has produced the exact same thing. So when someone says it doesn't smell the same, there's no kind of, not that there's no truth to it, either your bottle's gone bad or whatever. Our, some Something is different. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's old or something right. like that, but it's usually the same fragrance. So we kept all of them. We wanted to make, uh, of course, we made the pluses and minuses, and it was important for us to use the same perfumers, more or less, to interpret their own fragrances. Mm-hmm. So if, if Jerome made Velvet, he also made the other two. If Donna made Book, she made the other two. We did add Milk of course, as a new fragrance. And we worked with Simrise, who was another fragrance Mm -hmm. house. And the the process is really cool, actually. So the way it works is that you go to these companies, you give them a brief, right? I want something that smells like my grandmother's lipstick in the south of France. And I want a little bit of citrus because I remember the lemon trees Mm -hmm. and whatever, right? Or you give them a painting or you give them, I want to smell like, you know, drag racing. What does that smell like? The burnt rubber. Mm -hmm. I remember going to NASCAR, whatever, whatever you want to tell them. And their job is to translate that into fragrances. And typically, typically you don't meet the perfumer, right? So typically what happens is you you give the brief and various perfumers give you their interpretation. Okay. And there's many that come to you when you are first presented. So there's maybe six or seven versions and you start picking one or two. And then each perfumer has their interpretation of your brief, let's call it. And um, the one you pick is the one that works with you to continue to develop it. You say, this is great. I want it a little bit more. Some people make a mistake of saying, I want more citrus or I want more of that. We don't say that. I don't say that because I don't pretend to be as good as they are in understanding their notes. I just say, you know what? For example, there's a burnt smell, believe it or not. There's like a marshmallow smell in milk. We're like, we want a little bit more of that burnt marshmallow smell. There's actually a, again, believe it or not, there's a welded steel smell in there. I know what you're talking about. There it is. You see, there's no flower that makes welded steel smell, right? I mean, obviously. So they have to create that somehow. That's why they're artists. So I'm like, wow, that welded steel is so cool. The fragrance code name was Feathered Concrete. That was the name of it. So cool. Feathered Concrete. Wow. So cool. Why? Because it was like this, for us, everything in commodity is a duality, right? The word commodity, everything's about like left and right, up and down, black or white. So everything's about these opposites, right? I love the fact that it's strong and sweet and heavy as a fragrance, but light and cold and that welded steel somewhere in there makes it light. That's the feather part and the steel is the concrete. So we love that. And honestly, the minute we smelled it, we saw white. For example, Emma, do you associate color with the days of the week? 
Not with the days of the week, but I associate color with other things, but I feel like you do. And I would, I don't actually, I actually don't. And someone told me that it was like, my wife said like, Oh, Monday for me is red. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, Monday's red Tuesday. And she blurted out the seven days. So I don't, but many people do apparently. So we saw the fragrance and we saw white. We saw white because there's no milk in there. It's not the smell of milk. It's the impression of milk. And, and the, the name milk just kind of came to us immediately after that. So I don't know. It was just like, a, it was like pulling the, the lever of a slot machine and like all the things line up. That's how it was for us with this fragrance. We really, really lucked out. Milk is really special. And I was describing it to somebody and I totally get that duality because you really do get like that burnt marshmallow smell and the way that I was smelling it or interpreting it. But now that you say steel, it's also kind of like hindsight bias. Like I'm like, yes, I see that. But the note that I was getting that I couldn't like call steel was almost like the smell of when you smell those white Tic Tacs where they smell marshmallowy, but you get this mintiness to it. There's Mm -hmm. something, Mm -hmm. there's a quality. Yes. There's like a cold minty smell, but you smell the outside of the Tic Tac, which is the marshmallow. And that's what the commodity milk expressive smells to me. Like I get, there's like that background of something cold and steel and minty. And I, I love it. It's really special. Good, 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 good. So that's the perfumer process. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Wow. What was the first fragrance that you ever wore? Um, I don't know about the first thing I ever put on, mm-hmm. but I can tell you the first thing I put on consistently yeah. was a fragrance called Monsieur Balmain. I know it sounds really French, mm-hmm. but Mr. Balmain mm-hmm. it's called. Okay. And Monsieur Balmain. And it's, you know, it's yellow, it's a citrus, it's a cologne. That's what I wore. And I've told the story a hundred times, but I stopped wearing it when I started dating because I had put it on like in the morning and then I was late. I was going to have my first date with my current wife. And, um, I was late as I am with everything in my life. Right. So I'm like, Oh shit, I got, I got to run. So I'm in, you know, I'm on, I lived on Waverly and and 11th street. So I'm like running from Waverly. She lived on St. Mark's. I'm running St. Mark's and I get there and she's with her girlfriend and her girlfriend looks at me and she's like, wear perfume much. (laughs) And I guess I was, (laughs) I guess I was, I really hadn't sprayed it since the morning, yeah. right? But I was running and sweating so much that it was just like projecting from me. And I'm like, oh my God, am I one of those guys, you know, yeah. from what I remember in high school, like overload of fragrance. And so I got freaked out a little bit. So that's the last time I wore Monsieur Balmain, but that's what it was. Wow. And is that friend still a part of your guys' lives? <laughs> I mean, you got to ask. <laughs> I mean, you know, through Facebook, if she, if she, if she puts something, I'll like, I'll still like Okay. It. All right. So there's no hard it. feelings. I mean, you know, <laughs> no hard now feelings. you're married. No hard now, okay. But she, she ruined yeah. your favorite cologne. I mean, there is something to be explored there. You know, let's, let's turn the tables now on you, Vic. No, I'm just yes. kidding. I'm kidding. Yes, yes, um, yes. Do you have early childhood scent memories? Like what, what smells make you happy? You know, actually what's funny is that uh, this is, no one's going to relate, but there's a smell you know, in the business, when you have a warehouse full of fragrance, mm-hmm. first of all, people come in, they're like, oh, it smells so great in here. There's no smell in our warehouse, mm-hmm. right? Because just everything is sealed. Like all, all the perfume in the behind you, are you really smelling that? Mm-hmm. No, because it's sealed, right, right? right? So there's nothing really coming out. So our warehouse doesn't really smell like a particular fragrance, but there's a particular smell to a, a perfume warehouse with cardboard and the peanuts and, you know, you break a bottle in the corner and you break another bottle a, a month later this memory of fragrances and the floors and the walls and the cardboard and all that, it's actually very particular. 
And I remember it, you know, since eight years old, because I was, I've been working in a warehouse since eight years old. And so when I walk in, just like you're, you can close your eyes and have that, you know, memory of your grandmother, it's a warehouse smell. Wow. I know it's not romantic, but yeah. it's just, you know, it's something. It's like, it's like all the fragrances together with cardboard and, and whatever. And I love that smell. I'm not going to wear it, but as a memory, as a memory, that's, that's what I remember. That's really nice. I yep. totally get that. We have a final segment of the show and it is mm-hmm. rapid fire scent association. The game is called What's That Smell? Mm, what's that smell? I'll name people, places, or things, and you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. I'm a little afraid, but go on. Okay. Are you ready to play? What's that smell? I'm ready to play. Okay. Vicken, what is the smell of your teenage years? Polo. Polo. What is the smell of Armenia? Oh, green and, and fruits and apricots. And where did you, where'd you grow up in the States? Good old New Jersey. New Don't Jer- ask me what it smells like. Don't say I'm it. I'm gonna. What is the smell of New Jersey? This sm- New Jersey is, I'm sorry, this can't be short. Can't be short. It doesn't have New to Jersey's be. New Jersey is beautiful. New Jersey is beautiful. It's the Garden State. I love New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But there's that smell when you're driving on a turnpike after you land on New- Newark Airport. I know that. And you, mm-hmm. and you pass like the whole treatment plants. Mm-hmm. You know, you can guess. You can guess what it smells like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love to New Jersey. What is the smell of love? Oh. Well, for me, it's it's just, it's cologne, it's citrus, Mr. Bellman. That's mm-hmm. what I remember. Okay. Running to St. Mark's smell, wearing my mass overdose of cologne, wow. citrus. Okay. What is the smell of New York City? Oh, come on. This is These are not fair questions, Emma. Hey, I don't play fair. I mean, look, <laughs> I have to be honest. I don't, if I get to hate, I love New York. I grew up in St. Mark's Square. Okay. Before St. Mark's Square is what it is today. What was it then? So going, well, you know, it was a little bit dirtier. A little dirtier. Okay. So go down the subway of St. Mark's Square, down right there, and smell that subway station. I forgot what it is, the six or whatever it mm-hmm. is. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Right where the, the Cooper Cube is, right? Yeah. Right there, there's a, there's a train station. Go down, and, and that smell of, of, of that, that station is what New York smells like for me. And it's an endearing smell mm-hmm. while it's horrible. Flowers, marshmallows. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Roses, yeah. That was a political exactly. answer because you technically didn't say what that smelled like. And I respect you for that. <laughs> well, I think you know what that smells like. I think I know what it smells like. But I love it. Yeah. But I love it. What is the smell of anxiety? I don't know. What does anxiety smell like? For me? Yeah. It smells like iris. <sighs> Okay. I'm hearing what you're putting. I'm hearing what you're putting out into the world. That is a good answer. I do know what you mean. Okay. I know what you mean. Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I bringing the wrong? Am I not bringing the right fragrance into sense space? That's anxiety. Okay. I get it. I get it. There it is. There it is. What is the smell of the weekend? Oh, that's simple. For me, it's uh, the woods, the mountains. I have a mountain house. I love going up there. My tractor, diesel, grass, cut grass. Wow, you have a tractor? Like a little, you know, John Deere. Da, 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 da. That's yeah. fun. Okay. Well, love it. Weekend Vickens. Yeah. Love to see it. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Okay. Or the beach. I mean, for me, summer is about the beach. Yeah. Would a beach fragrance ever be something in the future of commodity? What do you think? Yes. No. <laughs> I don't know. It could be called like salt. You know what I mean? And then it could be like. I mean, maybe. May- yeah. It's got to be. Yes. If it's not like, doesn't smell like suntan yeah, lotion. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I feel like beach means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like some people think of like copper tone, but then some people think of like salty, amber green. I don't know. It varies. It's a Can I tell you something? Yes. Salt is a great name. 
you know what? If I see a salt fragrance come out. No joke. That's awesome. Hey, if you're hiring, my anxiety, my level of, I'm going to change the word anxiety to auris. My level (laughs) of aurisness is going down. Wow. Yeah. My level of factory is also going down as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What else? Okay. The final question. The final question is Mm. what is the smell of Vicken Arslanian? I I don't know how to answer that question. Wait a second. Hold on a second. Do you, these aren't really rapid fires. So no. let's take a, take a yeah. second. So do you, do you ask the same question to everybody? Um, you know, I like to like bring in a few, like if someone grew up in New York or LA I, or wherever they grew up, I like to bring those in. I like to bring in some emotions, but otherwise it varies. Yeah. Have you asked this question to other people? Every episode. Every episode. What's a good answer? I don't know. People, a lot of people choke on this one. You know, it's a. Well, it's hard because you're asking like a personality question, right? So I think I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Maybe I'm not. I think you're well, nice. Some people say. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? But what does nice smell like? Do I really want to smell like that? Um, what is a, what do, what is what do I smell like? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I, okay. I don't know. I don't know. We, what, kind of, what kind of what do you smell like? What does Emma smell like? Oris. No, but you're not asking me what I really smell. Um I don't know. I do think as a note, like that note sort of like embodies just like how I like sort of my, my resting state. Like I, it's not like I'm necessarily wearing Oris to go out, but like just the smell of that note in general, like to me, that's a nice, like everyday smell. Well, okay. Hold on. That was nice. What you said, resting. Okay. Right? So, so for me, sandalwood, Okay. sandalwood mm-hmm. is a resting fragrance for me. That is beautiful. I feel centered when I'm wearing sandalwood. Beautiful. See, even my voice is going down. Uh, yeah, very. I'm sticking deeper. Yeah, we're just fine. Heart rate's going down. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like we've really made some progress today. We've made some serious progress here. You have to send me a bill for the psychiatry session. I'm happy to today. do it. It's going to be $1.5 million. Million dollars. Yeah, we make a, might as well make it a cool $3 million and double it. Right? Hey, you said it. Hey. I'm good with that. That's fine. You know what? Okay, you know what? I am going to ask you one more question. Yes, ma'am. What is the smell of commodity fragrances? Different. Different. I love that. That's it. That's it. That's great. That's what I want it to smell like. Okay, well, Vicken, this has been so fun. For people listening who are interested in exploring the scent space kit themselves, maybe they already feel comfortable getting a full bottle, where and how can they do that? Great question. So commodityfragrances.com. The best ways you go on the discovery kit section, you could have the exploration kit. If you already know that you like personals or bolds, there's, there are those kits. If you're interested, interested in just milk, you can just buy the, the sample of that. Of course, you can buy a full, full-size bottle of anything you want. But I love when people buy discovery products, sets. I, we want you to really wear it, love it, and not be kind of pissed off that you bought something that you don't like. So I really encourage you to discover and then buy. That's great. It's really fragrance your way. And Commodity is a friend of the Perfume Room. We have a 10% discount if you enter Perfume Room 10 at checkout. Bada boom, bada bang. Bada bing, bada bing. Exactly. Portion of that goes for the 1.5 million that I have to give Emma. Yes. But, you know, the rest the rest is Help Vic and pay me. You guys, thank you so much. And please go vote on Oris for the archive sent to bring back per Vicken's request because he loves it so deeply. Mm-hmm. Vicken, thank you so much. It's been a true joy, true pleasure. And thanks for coming on the Perfume Room. That was fun. Thanks, Emma. I appreciate it. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 